podcastjuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Prince Podcast. My name is Michael Dean. Joining me today is Q Storm. Sir, how are you? Uh, it's been a rough morning, but uh, I'm going to make it through the day. All right. Well, hopefully it gets a little better for you. Also joining us is Mr. Ant Poo. Sir, how are you? Man, I smashed it at work. No, wait, wait. Sorry. Huh? I killed it, wait. I did very well at work this week. And I'm very <laughs> proud of myself. I know your wife probably looked at you with a side eye smash. Work. What, nigga? What? <laughs> Wasn't that your job? That's why I had to change that up. <laughs> do you work at... Do you, you don't work at a school, do you? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> sir. <laughs> All right, let's keep it somewhat clean. Off uh, the rails. Mr. Sean Hill, sir, how are you? I'm doing good. Another nice day out uh, here in the Bay Area. I'm going to get out and enjoy some of it in just a little bit. So, uh, ready to get it on. All right. Well, today we are going to be talking about a very interesting topic, at least I think so. Uh, At some point, there will be a Prince biopic movie, though some fans may loathe the idea and can't fathom it. uh, Chances are Hollywood is going to get that money. Uh, there, there probably will be some sort of book. There was a Michael Jackson TV series. There's been a couple Michael Jackson movies, ain't there? Right. I think three. Three? Yeah, so there's been a Madonna one. There's been Hammer movies. Wait, there's been a Madonna movie? It was a TV movie. What? Yeah, there was a Madonna one. I think it was Fox. It was years ago. Uh, Of course, there's been, uh, you know, Mike Tyson. There's been multiple Muhammad Ali movies. Uh, Miles Davis, Ray, you know, this goes on. You know, all the way from your TOCs to your Leahs to, you know, Bobby Browns, you know. Um, I, I go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. So was, coming up, uh, and then you know, it really got me talking about this because uh, you know, of course, we had the huge success with Straight Outta Compton last year, a huge movie. Uh, we've got the All Eyes on Me Tupac one coming soon uh, later this year, and then I was seeing. Uh, I remember years ago the trailer for uh, I don't even know if it even had a title at the time. It was a, a Marvin Gaye biopic. Uh, but sexual healing sexual healing is what it's called now and I see that the family is trying to stop the movie from coming out and I was like damn I didn't think it was even going to come out because that was years ago but so we got you know all these different biopics so I'm like you know what they're going to do a Prince one at some point now we could do multiple podcasts about who would play Prince or who can't play Prince or this and that. so we're not going to even get into that right now what I want to talk to you guys about and, and get the listeners opinion as well is what things of prince's life have to be in a prince movie you know there's obvious stuff right you got to talk about purple rain blah, blah, blah. but what things have to be in a biopic and i'm leaving it open to say hey if your idea of the biopic is some uh, you know sprawling hbo t- teleseries then whatever or if it's just like hey i want to just i'm just talking about a straight movie at the theaters, then it's that. But I want to see what do you think should be in this movie. So, without further ado, we're just going to get right into it. And we'll jump around a little bit. 
But uh, I will give one, and then I'm let you guys jump in and do yours as well. So one of the things, one of the first things, I would say you have to have in a Prince movie, uh, you have to have Prince, young Prince, uh, and Prince has mentioned this himself, in the phone booth, uh, calling his dad to see if he can come back, move back home, and his dad nice. saying no, nice. and he's in the phone booth crying. You know that sort of, you know, these early things that sort of set the stage type of thing. So that that's the first one. For me, I would say uh, I'm going to go to Sean Hill. Sean, give me one of your ideas. Pitch, you're pitching the movie, so what, what do you think should be? In okay, it? one of the things we have to see, no doubt, is an early recording session. Maybe the session with uh, Chris Moon that uh, that got him the the overall contract. But we we got to okay. see that, right? Mm-hmm. We got to see him in the studio laying down the bass, then laying down the drums, or you know whatever the recording process was. We we have got to definitely see that at, at some point i would again definitely say it would be something maybe early on maybe even even start the movie with that you know a lot of the biopics they you know start at one point and we go back but that 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 has to be in, in a in a prince biopic we got to see him okay. just laying all the instruments down on the song all right i like that i like that uh aunt Pooh, man what do you think and again you can from any time period you can do whatever you want what has to be in this movie what has to be in yes I want to. See, I read this in the Per Nielsen book. I want to see when Prince called Wendy and Lisa to his house in L.A. and fired them. Mm, that would be a very interesting scene. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Uh, also, let me let you know, ladies and gentlemen, joining us, uh, Big Sexy and Sax, or how are you? Stranger. I'm exhausted. Oh. Was in trial all week. I'm beat, and I'm going to kill somebody today. I can feel it. <laughs> all right, FBI. He said yes. it, not me. Yes, I fucking said it. Hey, 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 there you go. Well, welcome, sir. Hopefully, we can get you pumped up, you know, and, and on the conversation. So I don't know how much you've heard, but we are, we are talking about our scenes or things from Prince's life that have to be in a Prince biopic. We're not dealing about who's playing Prince or any of that, but we're dealing with what things, in your opinion, have to be in a Prince biopic. I'm going to give you a second to think of something. I'm going to go to hey, hey Storm. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Can I expound upon that uh, that scene? I think I really liked it to encompass the whole hit-and-run parade tour where Wendy and Lisa quit. Okay. Bobby Z caught them at the airport and got them to stay. They did the show, did the tour, and then at the end of the tour, Prince fired, called him to the house of fire. I want that whole series of events. All right, all right. Q okay, can I, ask, can I ask a quick question about that, just Tell for me. my own education? <clears throat> I read the Pierre Nielsen book. I don't have a, I don't remember specifically how that went down, but I'm gonna I leave. I'm gonna, he, I'm gonna leave you alone. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He um, he fired them independent of the rest of the band. Well, according to the Pierre Nielsen book, um, after the end of the, the tour, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know how much the time had elapsed in between um, the end of the tour and then the dissolution of the uh, band. But I believe he let Bobby Z go, saying he was going with Sheila E. But he honored his contract. He offered uh, Brown Mark to stay, but Brown was like, "Nah, you breaking up the band. I don't want to stay." And then he called uh, um, Wendy Elisa to his house and pretty much told him. Yeah, I wanted to quit. Well, now I'm getting rid of y'all. Okay, I, I, I all right, cool. 
I'm sure I read that. I just don't remember it. But um, all right. Um, what was yours, uh, Q? <clears throat> so mine, those were some good ones. I like yours particularly, Mike, because I could see the drama of that. Um, mine would be his, I believe it was at Cleveland when he opened for the Rolling Stones. Ah. Um, when they got rejected <laughs> on stage. And that, to me, yeah. is the scene that, that sets up his comeback. I, I like that. Yeah, that was that was one of mine, but it, it was at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. That, you're right. One. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I don't know why I said Cleveland. You're right. Yep. Getting getting booed on stage at the Rolling Stones. That would be yeah, that's. Uh, I just booed, but I think they threw stuff at him. Yeah, and food, called chicken. him faggot, all kind of stuff. Yeah, that went. I... The the thing that I did that I don't remember. I do remember reading this in the Pierre Nelson book, but in the Ronan Rowe book. This I had not I'd had not read in a pre- previous two biographies that he um, they 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 kind of warmed up to the band at some point, and then Prince came back on stage and went into another song, and then they went all riot. So I think it was Jack You Off. Yes, that's right. Yeah. All right, like that. That's just huh? an odd pairing, anyway. The Stones and. And Prince it just doesn't. Well, but it was just just the Stones and Prince. It was George Thorogood. It was a lot. It was like a, several bands. Well, that's even that's even that's even but worse. If you, <laughs> no, but see, if you look at Prince's early stage stage presence, you would think you were looking at Mick Jagger. The way he moved yeah. at, back mm-hmm. then, he mm-hmm. was very much Mick Jagger. So I could see. But Mick Jagger how, went in in, in briefs. though. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thigh high leg warmers. <laughs> I mean, that's like when, when Jimi Hendrix opened for the Monkees, right? I mean, it's like the same. You got – it's a two totally different different audiences, at least. I think it's more yeah, – I think it's probably from the audience's point of view, it was probably weird. But I think kind of what you said, if you look at, the, you know, what Prince was doing at that time, it would seem like, oh, this is the cool – black dude that's doing some rock kind of rock like it's it was this is dope you know what i'm saying like because i remember i think it was the rolling stones they had the crusaders open for them at certain times and that's a jazz funk group right so i mean they were into that kind of like well this is the shit you know hot type of stuff but i could see how the audience would be like who is this you know (laughs) do you think mick do you think mick jagger chose him just to make himself look better i mean it's not like the stones needed the publicity or the shine, but I oh, can see. Mick did pick him, yeah. Right, I'm saying. Do you think he did that calculatingly? No, nah, nah. no, no. Mick Jagger is a fan of of the culture yeah. of music and musician. I, I wouldn't see him doing that personally, but that's no, not at all. Um, all right, so that's, that's a good one. Uh, Big sexy man. Have you had time to think of something? Yeah, yeah, I have. But um, I want to follow up on Anthony's a little bit. Um. Uh, Seeing him fire the girls would be cool, but I would also like to see him, you know, see them as they were working on Dream Factory. You know, just to see him open himself up to to allow them to be such big parts of it. That's just me. Have we already uh, seen that at Purple Rain? Just... No, we saw him write something. He took it and finished it. That's what yeah, we saw. I know. I know. Just easy. I would like to see right around 1990. When he comes off the nude tour, and I want to see the conversation where he decides to put Tony M out fucking front. Oh, that's a must see. <laughs> you know, and again, because everybody, Tony is not the best rapper, but I would like to know the mindset of 
where Prince says, you know what, I need to embrace this, even though I hate this. So let me get this guy to do this thing I hate. Well, I don't think he hated it. I mean, I think he's uh, got way too much the- rap incorporated into his stuff to be hating it. Yeah, dead on it. He didn't like it. But he didn't put he that out. You got to true. <laughs> I think somebody hit him with the Billy. It's a business. Ain't yeah. too far gone to understand that. All right. Well, well but- technically, he did put it out though because it was on the on the Diamonds and Pearls tour. Huh? It was. Dead on it was part of the Diamonds and Pearls tour. It, it it was the intro to Jughead. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm talking about the album itself. Like he pulled that oh, okay. back, right, and and, the, and put an album that featured rap on it. Love Six. And part, I guess you know, another thing would be, you know, speaking of the album, I would like to see the the negotiations in the boardroom with Warner's telling him he can't release when he wants to, and yeah. just watching the the resentment just build and build and mm-hmm. just bubble over. I would love to see that too. That that whole Warner's thing that. No, I guess you could, you know, it could go concurrent, you know, through the whole movie, sort of that whole slave period of yes. not do, doing this. I don't want, I want out of the contract, that sort of thing. Um, all right, I'm going to throw another one in. Uh, I'm, again, I'm going to dial back again because I just feel like, man, it, it's great to see what made Prince become a prince. You know what I'm saying? In terms of what we saw. Um, what did I have? Well, I'd love to again go back into his uh, school years, his junior high and high school. Um, Heavily bullied and heavily teased throughout school, you know, about his height. Uh, I was, again, reading the great uh, dance music, Sexual Mass. We, we were referencing it all throughout this show, so you need to go get that book, uh, Pierre Nielsen. But uh, early on, they talk about, his family members talk about when Prince would sort of loathe to walk down the hallway because they was going to get it. He was going to get it. You know, they would, the bully, the, you know, the jokester dudes was there ready to get him. Uh, Damn. Uh, playing basketball, he was heckled a lot when he played basketball about his height. I just think you kind of got to show, like, the guy we know is of utmost confidence, right? You know, the presence of Prince that we see. But how did he get that way? Like, this guy, they was getting in his ass. We'll pause. They was getting at him, <laughs> <laughs> you know, about his height, which, you know, then you can sort of show, show the scene where he decides, I'm going to start wearing these boots. <laughs> you know, so I would love to see that type of stuff. Um, double down on that to say, what was that? Um, just did the whole thing of him. Um, and I talked about his dad, but the whole thing of him sort of leaving his family and going to live with Andre's family. You know, this that that early sort of type of stuff. Uh, going back to Sean Hill. Okay, uh, I'm going to take it back to somewhere probably mid 1980. Uh, Prince is going to meet with the board at Warner Brothers. He's submitting his new album uh, entitled Dirty Mind. He pops in the cassette, and I want to see the looks on all of those <laughs> those faces <laughs> as as they're hearing, you know, Dirty Mind and Head and especially Sister going, what in the world is this? We can't sell this. We can't market this. Then he gives them the album cover, <laughs> and they go, dude, uh, you need to manscape. Come on, man. You got you got stuff coming all out your, your draws. We can't put this on the, on the shelf. Um, but I, yeah, I'd love to see just that that moment and, and what Warner's was, you know, uh, because I mean, you, you obviously there was, you know, this had to have been you know done at least in the early 1980 because it came out in October. Uh, so just 
what they were thinking when they when they got this album and the whole what what were they going to do to market it you know because there's absolutely no way they could so i'd love to see that that moment all right all right all right uh aunt Pooh. all right i'm gonna take it back to the mid 80s it's uh i believe uh late november 1987 and there's cat and damn i'm trying to remember who else was in that room cat bobby z no not bobby z uh dr fink and prince and allegedly this is going back to the pierre nelson book he experiments with ecstasy for the very first time that was one of mine (laughs) and he 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 tripped so hard that somehow the next day he got baptized again and went on to a uh, a recording session where he came up with love sexy i want to see that and get the uh, the definitive answer to did this happen and what happened it's talking about like the black album pulling that whole right. thing back yeah that would yeah that'd be epic yep i can dig that yeah uh it was ingrid travis travis if i'm saying her name uh, she was the other person there too uh, that whole thing with susan rogers coming to the paisley park and prince looking all crazy it's <laughs> like what's going on here it's dark going on? um yeah i would love to see that um uh, man q storm well, uh, that was one of mine. I was trying to decide if I wanted to go with that one or the one I'm going to now have to resort to. <clears throat> My next one is I could see it being a total comedic section of the movie. <clears throat> and I think I'm the only one that might appreciate this because I do this for a living. But I want to see the scene. Uh, I'm going to assume I think it was 1988 and it was wintertime in Minneapolis. A blizzard's coming through. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then and Prince decides he wants to do a music video for Alphabet Street. Alphabet Street. Yep. So he calls up a local production crew. Now this is me. This is this is what I live just about every other job. And says, get your asses up here, bring your cameras. I want to videotape a shoot. Uh, on video, not film, because film was still highly, you know, the, the preferred medium back then. Video, not even digital video. And the, just the look on the crew's faces, like, first of all, is this really Prince? And second of all, there's a fucking blizzard outside. <laughs> and just that whole procedure of, because I forget which book outlined this this whole chapter, but I was dying reading that section of this crew going into the going through the blizzard, barely getting there, and then having nothing set up, no, nothing planned, and Prince just says, "Okay, put the camera here, put the camera here." And then the cheap graphics that went behind him uh, during the making of the video. So that's the scene I definitely would love to see because I think I would laugh my ass off. Yeah, that would be a good one. All right. All right. Alphabet Street. Uh, man, big, sexy, and sack. You got another one for us? Yeah. I like to see the conversation, unless this was already mentioned before I came on, that right around 1980 late 82 at the end or early 83 where vanity decides i'm gone mm. and then after the movie films morris decides i'm gone mm. you know and now let's keep it you know to, to quote q 100 morris as good as a performer as he is is essentially no is doing prince's music that's his career doing prince's stuff 
So I don't know how he could get it into his head that I'm just going to bail and you know I don't need to be a part of this. Now, his albums on his own, he did a little, little something, something here and there. But he's oh, not... Tree. He, <laughs> you have to cut that old tree down, man. Make one leg out of it. <laughs> but he's not doing any of his stuff. They're set, since they've come back with the Morris Day and the Time variation, all print stuff. All, you know, the first three albums. Nothing from... Yep. Uh, They're not even doing no tree? No. No ah. Pandemonium. No uh, Original Seven. No Morris Solo stuff. Wow. Nothing but that. So I would like to see how Morris got in his head that, well, I'm fishing this. I got to go. No, he doesn't. They did it at Paisley Park. That was at Paisley Park. Well, okay, at Paisley Park, probably got permission. But the last <laughs> okay. four or five times I've seen them, right. no. All right, all right. I, I will say this. You have to have the Morris Day and the Time, you know, 1999 tour madness in the movie. Like, the whole, you know, just the whole... Yo, you can't do these songs. Yo, man, yeah, who, whose band is this? Yeah. You know, you have. I would say even if you could do like a quick scene of the food fight, you know, the infamous food fight. Yep, yep. That they have backstage, but I think that again, because I think in this movie, like in, in my version of the movie, you would have sort of these cultural uh, points of the movie that you sort of kind of have to show, but then maybe show how they became what they were. And so the backstory is, yeah, of course, everyone walking in this theater is going to Purple Rain, right? But let's show you, like, what was, how much of it was reality and what was the reality getting into that. And I think that's showing the tension between, the real-life tension between the groups and, you know, how Prince was the guy behind the scenes of the time. I, would, I think that would be, you know, just to show, yo, man, here's the tape. Y'all learn this song. I learned these songs and it was, you know, the, the time album or the second time album. You're like, whoa. And just to see like, yo, Morris, do it like this. Or or how much of that was a collaboration between the two or sort of creating that sort of uh, personality of Morris Day. I think that would, you kind of have to show. And then, you know, you kind of got to show the asshole part of Prince too. Like kind of hating a little bit <laughs> on your boys. And I think, again, culturally, even if you slipped it in, you kind of got to show Jam and Lewis getting cut out real quick. I mean, cause yeah. they go on to be such yeah. big guys, right? Kind of got to show a little bit of that. So I would, so that would be one I'm picking. And then the other one real quick, I would say jumping ahead again, these are like things you have to show. I just think you have to show, you have to show uh Prince Michael Jackson playing ping pong. You know, <laughs> that to me, again, you got the, you got both of them. And you just got at least, you know, what was the connection? Ever any connection between these guys? It would be great to see that scene. Like, yo, and you could sort of flip the events, but you could have them talk about bad yeah, during the, the ping pong game, right? But at least you sh- you saw that. Like, okay. I think it would be hilarious. I just think it would be funny. Actually, that actually would make for a good scene. They're playing ping pong, and Mike pitches bad. And it, it ends with him saying, well, you ain't going to say that to me. Right. And I sure ain't say it to you. <laughs> and, and then he, he slams, slams the shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have, like, the ball hit Mike's forehead. Poof. Um, I my uh my next one is kind of like along the lines what you were talking about, Mike. Conflict, although we've all heard it, but it would be great to see it actually visualized. Uh, the fight between him and Miko. Oh, verbal. You're killing me, man. Oh, (laughs) the verbal fight between the two of them. Just again, just 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 take just just take the transcript verbatim, exactly what they said on you know on that on that rehearsal tape. And just and just act it out. I think that would be that would be something something to see. 
All right. Right. All right. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to get on a tangent, but who was a? Uh, uh, it was a. Uh, I think it was the St. Louis show and Love Sexy, and uh, uh, Prince was getting on somebody for coming on the wrong beat. Shit, that's all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that's constant. <laughs> No, but it was in the Love Sexy. It sounded like it was Levi. It could have been Miko, but like they were uh, getting into Erotic City, and somebody came on the wrong beat. He cut. I guess it was Levi because he said bass, and the bass came in late. I want to see that one too. What he was yeah. yelling at. Yeah, I would say you could just kind of like show him throughout the tours. Yes. Just to see, like he was that. He was that. Just like how they showed James in the movie. You know, it was like you had to yeah. be on point, so you always could see like Prince was not effing around when it was time to to get busy or even if it was yeah you could be having like the band coming back like and he's he said doc oh, who's getting docked whose checks getting docked this time you know the, ch- the checks getting docked or something <laughs> or uh put the motherfucking music record, what do you say put the motherfucking magazine down and play your part type shit or something <laughs> that was to wendy right i think right yeah and it was like a rehearsal but i mean just to, you could show like he took this shit super serious right like, yeah, he did. Uh, that's okay. Go ahead. You gotta be that way, though, man, because oh, yeah. you know, you're the you're the man behind the entire band. He's essentially, well, not essentially, he was his own, you know, musical director. He knew what he wanted, mm-hmm. and if you can't give me what I want, you got to go. You know, and I, I, now that makes me think about what happened. Now I don't know if this would be essential viewing by any stretch, but how he dealt with people who weren't in the fold that long, like Cat Dyson or the keyboard player. Rad, you know, you look up, there she is. You blink, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I look at it one way. For those guys to be able to get on stage with Prince, I would imagine they've probably been with him for a little bit of time, right? Because you know, I mean, you know how he rehearses. He ain't gonna just let nobody come in the group and get up there. So I would imagine they probably rehearsed for a ton and probably never got to do much in terms I of saw actual performance. That band. Yeah, I, I saw that band. Cat, uh, uh, Mike Scott, Kirk, Kirky on uh, on drums. I forget who was on. Who was on? And Rhonda. This was a uh, '97. The the Love One Another charity tour. Mm-hmm. I saw that one in Atlanta, and yeah, it it, it really wasn't that <laughs> that memorable. I mean, there were a lot of the a lot of the drum beats were pre-programmed, and you know, you could tell Kirk really wasn't playing and. I don't know, Cat and and uh, well, I'll call it Dyson, Dyson and 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 Rev. Neither one of them were really. They just didn't have that, you know, that that Prince. Mm. It was almost like it was almost. I felt like I was almost watching like a Prince cover band, right? You know, it was just. I don't know. The performance was was kind of subpar, and I don't know. And I think it was actually the last time I saw him where he was actually cursing. Actually, it was the last time I saw him when he was when he was cursing. Because next time I saw him, I think he had. He was dropping. He was still doing like face down, but he wasn't cursing. Which I'm like that makes no sense. But whatever. I don't know, man. Some of them performances, like was it the was it the Ellen show? They did somebody, somebody. That shit was fire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was the same lineup though. I don't think. Yeah, it's like right after Emancipation. Well, no, it, that Michael B was uh was doing the drums on that one. On uh, Ellen that performance. Yeah, that was Michael B. On somebody, somebody. Yeah, that was Michael B. I remember that because I remember him holding that symbol when he when he hit it. So he came back for that one performance. Well, he came back for for the Today Show. I know that. Actually, I take it back. Today Show was right. before uh, 
emancipation. Right. Well, that's, that may be true. You, you might be. You probably are right. Um, so who are we? Who we got next? Is Ampu? Q. 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 Go ahead. Uh, you all pretty much have. I mean, Mike, <laughs> you went. You went down a whole fucking list of things when you went. <clears throat> so uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, see, we did Miko challenge and Prince already. I'm gonna go with even though we've seen the actual tape. Um, with uh, the Dick Clark appearance. I think that's classic. Mm-hmm. That's that kind of sets the stage for the kind of assholishness that we're going to see out of Prince for the next thirty years. So hilarious, and it's and it's funny too. So you got to put that in there. I'm about to commit, Q. You actually got a list like on paper. Here comes the you shade. Pre- you prepared? Let's okay, keep you it civil. Go, uh, you want to? We're not see, going. I've been, yeah, I've been nice. You yeah, we're we're not going. This is just a Prince just, podcast. We're gonna keep it on take point. Respectable jabs, brother. No it's jabs. Not, I, no jabs. I, I, <laughs> uh, who's next? Big sexy and sack. Big sexy and sack. You got one for us? <laughs> I would like to see. I mean, a lot of us have talked about the, you know, creator side and the uh, performance side. I'd like to see, and I want to I want to try to phrase my words very carefully here. I would like to see how he became influenced by certain people at certain yes. times. You know, yes. at one point, you know, he was influenced by Tony M, and music changed. Then he uh, strikes up a friendship with Larry Graham. Mm-hmm. Music changes again. I would like to see how those things came about, and and if possible, the effect. Before and after those uh, those things happen, I like that. I like that. You know, I was one of the other ones I had sort of fits into that. Um, and this again, something Prince had mentioned, and again, this would sort of go into showing his influences and why he's doing some of the things he does. He talks about when he was a kid again going to see uh, James Brown, and I think he said somehow or other he either got pulled up on stage or he was backstage or something, and he said I saw all the beautiful women back there. And I was like, that's when I knew what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like when I saw those girls, I think he says this on the, uh, matter of fact, I know he does. It's the MTV interview uh, when they were filming on the Cherry Moon. Okay. And he's yeah. sitting down with all those people. And he talks about, he's like, that was one of the turning points when I saw them girls. I was like, okay, yeah. And I saw how J- James operated his organization. It was a wrap. So I, I think you got to show the little kid Prince and he sees something like that. Who, of course, James Brown is so huge, and you can see the influence, obviously. But to see, okay, that's where, that's why he got you know some of these badass chicks, and this is how he got his organization. And here's Alan Leeds, and he gets some of the people that worked with James, you know, to be with him. I think he kind of got to show again these things that sort of make him to who he is. Uh, you also got to show, and we haven't. I'm surprised no one has brought this up. You have to show his marriage. To my take, yeah. and the baby yeah. situation. To me, that's like, man. At one point, you have to. I would almost say you could base the arc of the movie. That would be like the point where it's like, damn, you know, that was sort of the the heart. You know, I mean, that'd be the thing that was the hardest thing in his life. And I, I'm speaking to somebody else, but that was a hard thing to deal with. I think you have to have something like that in the movie. Uh, you kind of have to show it too, in terms of. To show the mindset of this is a guy who's going obviously through a big tragedy and then he still is on his, you know, showmanship where he can go on Oprah and these things and act as if none of that is happening in real life. You know what I mean? Like 
to me, that goes in to show the psyche, psyche of the guy. Um, uh, go ahead. To piggyback on that, uh, I think you, you have to show what made Maite special. Because, I mean, I mean, if we go through his roster, he has some bad women. And because she was such a huge part of his life at that period, he wifed her. I mean, we know that he allegedly proposed to Susanna and Chile swear up and down he proposed to her. But he wifed this one. So I, yeah. I think that's something I'd like to see um, uh, depicted on screen. What yeah. made her... I agree. You have to show the relationship. You kind of got to show... And to me, again, also one point I wanted to bring up too is that, you know, this movie... And here's what I think could happen with the Real Prince movie. This movie may be dictated by whose narrative they want to follow. What yeah. I mean by that is to say, of course, there is a very general sort of outsider's viewpoint of Prince. But, you know, with a lot of books that become movies or different things, they will base it off of a book or something from somebody else's point of view. So imagine, like, if Maite had a book, which she will have a book coming out next year. If she wrote that book and it got optioned for a movie, you know, then that book would be sort of from her vision, being his wife, you know, starting as a dancer, as a young girl. And, you know, she's telling the story about a superstar icon and becoming his wife and the things that they went through. Or it could be, you know, Sheila E.'s vision of what Prince's story could be. It would be a lot different, right? It would be sort of from her narrative, and she may sort of control. It's just like the Biggie story was more from uh, Puffy's sort of Puffy's narrative uh, decision-making. Puffy did nothing wrong in that, in that movie. Yeah, so it, it could be one of these movies where it falls into something like that, which somebody's got the echo going on pretty crazy, which would be interesting to see as well. Um, because I, at one point, was, oh, go ahead. No, Mate was what, 92 to 98, 99? Well, you could say Mate is from 92 to the end of his life, right? Because you, you can end it with the triumph of standing there with Sheila or something. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's, yeah, but, but I just meant they, they were, I mean, just, just how long they were together, though. She was for sure. kind of in the picture. She and, came in the Symbol album and to, and she was back now. She is in the rave DVD just backstage, right? She isn't. She yeah. She is seen in that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's about right. So ninety ninety two to about ninety nine. And yeah, and that's the thing too. What would make the movie interesting is the stuff we don't know, right? So maybe there were interactions after what you know we saw in the public, right? So it would would make it very interesting to see. Right. But again, uh, I, I say the same thing. You know, Jill Jones could have a very unique viewpoint of it from her perspective telling the story from being there very early to you know when she was out but she was sort of there through all of those hits and sort of cultural landmarks yeah and yeah. she was through all that you know all the way to graffiti bridge so it'd be interesting to see it from that point of view to see you know what kind of duty was and i think too you have to kind of show his relationships with these women in terms of how it made you know because again a lot of this is based off of what we would know of him and to see the movie is the things we don't know of him and see like oh he is oh he was just a regular little boy <laughs> like you don't even <laughs> think of it like that but oh he was a little boy okay and he had some of the family problems we all sort of had and then this happens and these sort of drastic things that start to happen which separates him from civilians sort of say right <laughs> but then have these women um, I'm kind of jumping over. The other thing you have to you have to have in it to me, you have to show 
Prince being converted over to Jehovah Witness and him going door to door. Yeah. To me, that would, Damn you. you know. Sorry. <laughs> but no, that would, yeah, that no. would be something you had to see. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, real quick, I wanted to jump on the whole the love thing. The one thing I don't want to happen is my taste relationship minimized. Cause you, you there, there's a there's an opportunity to to do just that because people would dismiss that. But it's like it's on film. You you can see it in not only the writing but in the concert. He loved that woman, and I'm I'm just hoping that if, they, if that film does go out, does get made, that they don't minimize his marriage to my because. It's there. You you can't deny that. No. One thing also, as far as inhibiting relationships, Maite, from what you know, we, little we know, is the only woman that he was really faithful to. You know, because oh, when he was with Susanna, he was running around with a little some some here and there, and, you know, Jill, you know, whatever. But you never heard that about when he was with Maite. Never heard with the uh, other woman. I've heard differently, I'll, but again, that, yeah, I mean, maybe when he married her, he was faithful. But wasn't yeah. Nona gay in between ninety two and ninety six? Well, it was before uh, they got uh, married, but yeah. What about Carmen Electra too? When, yeah, when so, they, yeah. I'm saying he, well, he to his point, he wasn't necessarily married to her at that time. But yeah, he did yeah. have a lot of. Was dating and married till ninety six? Yeah, so maybe ninety six to ninety nine, he was faithful. But <laughs> Carmen Electra and Nona Gay was around that time period. So yeah, I mean, hell, isn't I hate you about Carmen Electra? But he was with Maite. Yeah. Really? So. I have not heard that. Oh yeah, it has been heavily rumored that that song is about her. Well, that kind of that kind of sagoos into my uh, next. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. What? That's a dig at me. <laughs> Sean, uh, stay with the shade now. I know, right? Dish it out now. <laughs> hey, I can take it. Um, right. I, th- That's it's, what I've heard from Tony M. Hilarious. Uh, all right, that, hey, that was a good one. <laughs> That's not me. That's not me. We we all know who that. Okay, that go ahead and give us your point, panel. man. Go ahead and give us your point. Um, it's 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 extremely difficult to show. Uh, now I talked about him recording a song as far as laying down instruments, but it's it's really hard to capture what it is like to write a song uh, on film. And but I still would like to them to attempt or to try to. And it could be when doves cry or purple rain or or literary corvette or you know one of the biggest ones, but just just seeing what the the actual lyric and songwriting process was not not the not the recording process, but just you know just the putting the ideas together you know the, the themes of when doves cry and purple rain and, and even literary corvette and just how his his thought process worked when you know when putting these these you know now classic uh, songs together just how. He went about to to write those songs. What the inspiration was behind it. See, I, I go like the opposite I like way. I'd rather see the recording process. You know. Well, I mentioned it. That was the first thing I mentioned. Okay. It was okay. just just him going into the studio and, and laying something down. But but it's also but also involved with that too would be the songwriting process, which I I you know because we all want to know. Okay, what's the inspiration behind Purple Rain? Right. What what does it mean? What you know, and. And, and no one probably knows, but but Prince, and unfortunately, he can't give us that answer. So it would probably be speculation, but still would like to know just, you know, how that song came about. Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I like that idea. I, I would wonder that it would probably be some of these other songs that probably have great stories behind how they came. Like, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, I just think it's popular, but I mean, it could, you know, it could be Kiss. It could be, 
you know, sometimes it snows in April or 1989 or yeah, like you, know, you could. I guess or, build, I mean, it could be so many. Build off the narrative of Maite and do like "Beautiful Girl in the World" or something. So yeah, you could see yeah. like, wow. okay, here's the story. I'm gonna write this song about this chick, or actually, the entire Emancipation sort of album, like "Sex in the Summer" with the baby's heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, be able to show that oh, he was that kind of guy. That or again, you could show how this. I don't. I hate to say random chicks, but you could say like. How some of these other chicks would inspire some of these songs, like oh, I the never knew and... that that song was about this girl, and that's what he's talking about. Almost kind of like what you see in Purple Rain when he does um, beautiful, like you say, beautiful ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I have one. I think that plays into that, and I think it would be the perfect debut to probably hear for the first time ever the most requested song in the vault ever. I want to see the scene with Susan and Prince as he records Wally. And we hear it for the first time. But isn't Wally Wally's not record not on the tape? So how do we do that? I, I, maybe it might be in the vault. Oh, well, okay. I'm, saying, that, I'm saying that's my that's what I want to see. Is that the song where she he told her to erase the tape, and she yeah. was like, I, "I can't erase that." Is that the song? That's yeah, the one. allegedly. I'm, but hey, it might it might be in the vault. But I'm saying that, that's that the, that's the one I want to see. No, Wally, that's the one where he talks about the breakup with Susanna. Okay, I'm thinking of something. I mean, I'm thinking of Billy's sunglasses or something like that. Yeah. True. yeah, that's totally different. <laughs> so that, that's what I'd want to see. In the, book that I, in the book, they don't give it, a, they don't title the song, though. No, it's, How do Wally. You... it's Wally. No, it's well, Wally. I, it's in the book. Yeah. Okay. He's, talk, right. he, he's allegedly talking to Wally about the breakup with Susanna. And it was just him and uh, Susan uh, Rogers in the studio as he recorded it. And she said it was one of the most beautiful songs he ever did. And then he like ruined it. I mean, I don't, I mean, they claim it. I can't trust her. (laughs) (laughs) After that one song, I can't trust a damn thing she said, but I hear you. Which song is that you're talking about? Uh, Adonis and Bathsheba. She (laughs) said that song was trash. Yeah, she's all. Oh, fuck, what? Fuck she's <laughs> Just okay. stick to the stick to turning the knobs. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, but that would be dope. I see what you're saying, though. Man. I definitely feel okay. that. Okay, is it is it my turn? Oh, again? go ahead, man. Yeah, go ahead. I have two of them, I, and I'm gonna go in priority. But I hope I get to get both of them uh, said. But I'm a, I'm gonna choose. I want to see <laughs> scenes that deal with Prince and the internet. Mm. How how he came about saying <laughs> because I remember I, I did a I'm not I, I did a um I, I had the opportunity to do a shoot with David Bowie when he first did his, one of his first live streams. Uh he did a concert in Boston and we had to videotape the you know the the, the, the concert for the stream. And I just thought that was fascinating that <clears throat> he decided to do that and I think it was this was around 1997 okay and it was kind of a new thing but then Prince really took off with it now I only knew Prince involved in the internet when Lotus Flower came about I didn't know any I, I didn't know I don't know how I missed it but I didn't know anything about these other Prince music clubs and NPG whatever that, all that was but I'd love to see how he developed an interest in um, involving the internet you know how Housequake got started prince.org how all that stuff came about and how it seemed like he then became the internet's largest and en- biggest enemy so i'd be curious to see what made him inspired to use that tool the internet and what turned him against it 
All right. Let's see here. Uh, one other one that I would have, and and I would say you could you could probably end the, in my version you could end the movie with this, uh, the Super Bowl performance, and just to show that after all the stuff he'd been through, you know, he comes off and does this great performance, and the world is recognizes him again, and it would be a triumph thing to go out on, you know, you could possibly do the performance, whatever, or just show it, and then. You know, you could kind of just like do some words on the screen after that point and just say, you know, he passed away at da 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 da. Uh, but he always made, he always kept putting music That's out. That's a and, damn good idea, Mike. No, well, you know, uh, can I say I, I? That's good. But if I went in the room and you pitched that as the ending, I would say, well, well, Mr. Dean, what about the performance he did where he did um the guitar solo and showed up all these other. Yeah. Well-known guitarist on stage. Yeah, that wasn't on a well, watch stage. Yeah, it wasn't the have... cultural sort of uh, significance of the Super Bowl, though. You know what I mean? But I, I think that's a blow-away performance. But he's had so many blow-away performances. I was to say, you could go on and on. But I just think if you just wanted to end, end it where, you know, the world sort of stood up and remembered. And this is way after his quote-unquote prime to say he was still the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was still yeah, the he... man. And you could end it on a happy note, but leave the tale to say... And he went on to make again many more different albums and different yeah. stuff, and and he you know and he he died here. The, but it would be a great sort of cap to say. Psh, yeah. you know, the only thing that that I know we talked about this like it's real, but the only thing that would concern me about something like that is um, how they did uh, Angela Bassett and what's love got to do with it. Here we spend two hours with with her right performance. You know, one of the best performances probably not of, of her career right, and they ended with Tina Turner. I mean, it's like uh, you, you you still want her, you want Tina to get the shine, of course. But at this point, you've you've been you've been believing that Angela Bassett is Tina Turner to then end the movie with the real Tina Turner. I thought that was a bit of a letdown. Hmm. It, yeah, if the performance was that strong, I could see that. But I just think with Prince, again, but, we're not yeah, going to well, get we into know. who's we're playing. We're not going to get anything as strong as that. No, I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. But I thought that was kind of a I don't know. I thought that was kind of a slight to to Angela, but. I get why they did it. I mean, you do want to see the real, but if you think about the most movies that are, you know, based, you know, biopics like that, they most don't do that. Most don't, you know, end with, you know, five minutes of the real person. They did that with, uh, with, um, Nat King Cole's daughter, uh, Natalie Cole. They did that with her. Oh, I didn't see that one. Did anyone mention, you know, like a portion having to do with the whole, uh, we are the world Uh. thing? No. Oh, that's no, a good. That would yeah. be good, yeah. I, would, I could see that that whole thing with not going there and getting in the fight yeah. at the club or whatever. Yeah, and and just the fallout from that because again, you know, I wasn't there, but to me, it's like one of these little things where if you if you boil it down to like being back in you know school, it's like, well, the popular kids are doing this, and you have to come. No, I don't. Okay, I'm doing this. You know, I'll, I'll do something else with you guys, but no, y'all don't don't run me like that. You know, that's just how it looked to me. Yeah. And then you have to contrast that with him losing the Grammy to U2 two years later. <laughs> yeah, he was not pleased. <laughs> I like Joshua Tree, but nah, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I'm just trying to think of any more sort of crucial I've got things. one. Go ahead. Well, I don't know if it's crucial. But I, I like how you did that, Mike. That's good. 
um, well, it's a question I've had about Prince ever since I've known the guy, or well, known him through his music. <laughs> <clears throat> known him through his music, and um, believe me, <laughs> we all feel like we know these people. I mean, some of us were taking time off work when he passed away. That's completely understandable. So you know, um, but um, it's interesting. I don't know how you show this, but it's interesting to think here was a five foot four guy who was mercilessly teased in school. Uh, people told him he had a face like a German shepherd. Uh, and he was shy and all this. I want to see, I don't know how you capture this, but I want to see how do you go from that personality to a guy who puts on bikini briefs and leg warmers, but still manages this masculine sexuality even though he projects a femininity and he gets away with it. How, how does he go, how does he say, how does he say to himself? Yeah, those bikini briefs, I must wear those, those assless pants. I must wear those. That's why, then, that's why you show that childhood to sort of show why he does that, right? Like the show is because the teasing is because this is the way he finds his confidence is by transforming himself into this overly, you know, extreme to, to what anybody else is doing it's like but spider-man then, and peter parker but then how do you but then okay i get the confidence but i don't get the an androgyny that he projects and then he seems to want to say that he's against uh uh wendy and lisa's relationship where he's against mm-hmm. homosexuality but he projects that well yeah no, i hear what you're saying it's a it's what saying. that's would be a fascinating movie because it shows at least the way I would show it is he is still a Midwest, uh, you know, older black dude. And he has very conservative views from that upbringing, regardless of the imagery of he what he projects. You know, you can see it, how he carries himself is totally different. Like, you're right. He doesn't he's not with the funny style stuff, actually. But he's using this as a tool. I think androgyny was famous, was popular at the time. So it's like. This is what you do. You put the makeup on. But then he goes to the point, you could, it'd be a whole other movie. Why does he still wear the makeup? You know, why does he still, but to show how he becomes this sex symbol dude. But then as he gets older, he seems to do what a lot of probably older black men act, right? I'm not with that internet stuff. I don't know what that is. You know, I ain't with this. I'm not going to be out here cussing, looking crazy. Right, you're not, y'all not gonna get me out here looking. I, when I say looking crazy, again, you juxtapose that when you look at Prince, it's like you don't look like nobody else. But I think in his mind, he's like, yeah, I'm on some kind of like player type stuff. I'm not on some sissy, you know, f- you know. I'm not. A, I don't know how to express it, but it's like I think even he looked at himself and said, "Nah, I would never do. I'm not doing nothing like that. Y'all not gonna have me out here looking crazy like that. I'm t- I'm too old for this." I think he became hung, that old black man because he he's from that time. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really look at his upbringing, he was in the church. His dad was very hard. You know, he was a, that hard kind of dude. I think he sort of became that kind of guy, even though he, you would think on the outside. That's why people question, why would you be against gays and all that? But you can look at how he was raised. They ain't, they, you know, they ain't coming from that. They're not really into all that, that kind of stuff. I also, <clears throat> also want to see a scene 
for that photo shoot because I want to know what the hell was he thinking when he did that. It was the Love Sexy era, I'm going to say, where he does that one <laughs> shot <laughs> where he's got the, the bikini briefs on and the long black gloves and he's up in the air with his hands out. You want to see that? I want to know what the fuck. I want to know what the fuck he was thinking. What what made him think that was a good idea? That's what I want to see. You know, the dude's taking uh, you know a trillion pictures. You know, I'm sure it's just something unique. If, shoot, I would rather have see the the love sexy tour book. Uh, what, what what was up with that picture than than that other one? Because all that looks like is is dirty mind eighty eight. You know, but the the love sexy tour book that one was whew, yeah. I don't see, I don't I don't know that one. What, what's that one? Uh, he's got this like yellow and green and makeup all over his. I mean, he. You talking about the cover? Have, the tour book cover, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's some wild stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think all of that would if if you could make a movie that took the time to get into the psyche of it, I, I think that would be very fascinating. You know, even if you threw in some, you know, like, dude, are you black or how do you I mean, it's in some of them books, this, you know, insinuation of, you know, there's some race politics going on within the changing of the band. Uh, you see some of the stuff that Joe Jones recently <laughs> said. I would love to see that sort of if that could be in the book or in the movie, you know, sort of showing that like. You know, he did an America video with the red, black, and green flag in the background. I wonder some random colors they picked, right? I mean, he had to say, no, you need to put that back there. So it would be, it would be, back then it wouldn't, it was a statement, but it wasn't. But if he had did that now, they'd be like, whoa, he's, he's on some Black Lives Matter stuff? Which, but, and then it's funny to show that he was. But we ain't going to get all into that. But, but that would be cool, too, if they showed that other side of Prince that was, yo, call up Farrakhan. Fair, you know, Million Man March. You need, y'all need some money? Okay, yeah, cut cut them a check, or doing all these other things. It'd be interesting to see some of that type of stuff as well. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, there's there's so much. You know, I, I thought too it'd be interesting. You could just do a whole movie from birth to Purple Rain. That that could be a movie right there. Like show how he got to make. How did he get from this guy to do Purple Rain? Which again, everyone knows what Purple Rain is. So it's like, how did he get to that? You know, that could be a whole movie unto itself. You know, and you, can you know what it. needs to happen. You know what? Never mind. I'll say this off air because I want to give this one away. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I have an well, idea. Let me to Sean. I'm just curious. I did a Google search of "Love Sexy" tour book, and there's a oh, photo. I, I just posted it in the. Oh, that one. Hi there. Well, there, there's a there's a there's a picture of him in a black polka dot thing. He's got rouge on his cheeks. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the picture I'm talking about. That's the top oh, cover. I thought you said he was wearing yellow or something. There's there's some yellow. I thought it was. Yeah, but also keep in mind, right around that time, for whatever reason, a lot of cats were you know taking the extra makeup to the extreme. If you look at Jesse Johnson yeah. on Video Soul. Like Jesse, dude, what the you hell, man? Crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, I could, I could even take that tour book to school with me, man. <laughs> oh. you, know, like, party, you know, they looked a little, you know, suspect. But that was the yeah, style back you, then. Told you, Prince was on some gay shit. <laughs> I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't even take my tour book to school. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm keep this one, keep this one at the house. <laughs> Yeah, keep that young thug cover at home, boys. Actually, <laughs> this this cover he looks like Michael on the cover. 
Wow. Well, I have one more uh, I'd want to see. I want to see the <clears throat> I want to see the epic first meeting as well as their interaction. Uh, I think it was what eighty eight of uh, Prince and Madonna. Hmm. Okay. Yep. You just want to see some skins. Not Madonna's? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't be Madonna; it would be an actress playing Madonna. Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was. No, go ahead. I was. I was gonna say I would like to see that too because I remember clearly reading Madonna's biography, and uh, I think it was Tara Borelli that wrote it. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. yeah. But. He, there's a there's a part where he says Prince was just fiending for her and come showing up at her house all at all hours of the day and I'm not buying that. And she said, uh, I guess this was when they were recording. I don't know if it was when they recorded Love Song or maybe maybe they recorded some other songs. But she said she had to go to a session and she said to wh- whomever, I have to go deal with the shrimp now. Mm. I'm like, I I, I want to see that. <laughs> Did they even record that song together though? Because I, I I thought it was a patchwork. Just you know him. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure if it was love song. I'm I'm okay. not sure of that. Yeah, you know I I read some stuff recently, uh, actually a couple couple of days ago, and there's a a story again. I don't know if it's how much is true. There was a story about Prince and Shy Day. Like it would be things like that that I don't necessarily know about that I would love to see in the movie. Be like, oh, you know, you had that that person come over here, or just those type of things we didn't really know about, but would you be like, wow, I didn't know it was like that, like that, like okay, uh, or you know, like the Kim, you know, even if he went into like the, I would like like even Batman or something like. Yeah, let's let's keep that Kim based around under wraps though. <laughs> we like to show him like again, sort of coming <clears throat> off of an, another sort of low and then another spike, like maybe showing him on the set of the Batman movie or something, and and, and have some Jack Nicholson, you know, lookalike dude or what actors? Yo, we need to get some prints in here or something. And, Oh, come, Brent, come on over here, Prince. He's like, oh, okay. And then he comes back with this, you know, crazy album of songs. Like, oh, okay, shit. And then, psh, you know, he's sort of another, another cultural impact moment. Psh, you know, oh, okay, that's how that happened. And then he ended up, you know, you don't have to go all into it, but you could see, like, he maybe gives Kim a look or something. And you're like, oh, shit. He had that too? Like, I mean, that'd be kind of like a funny point of the movie. Like, you would just keep constantly showing, like, he was just smashing down. He had that one? You know, like, what is she doing? You know, who's that Have, like, a little back? tally. Have yeah. a tally. <laughs> <laughs> he would, like, walk into some... I don't know. See, again, who controls the narrative? It could be a reporter's narrative of the whole thing. Like, I constantly kept going to Paisley Park, and every time I went there, it was some other famous female... <clears throat> He had no idea like, that was in there. It's like, is that such and such? Yeah, ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'd be like, uh, be like movie star, Mojang. Yeah, Mo <laughs> yeah, man, I got, man, I got that. Well, since, well, since we own draws and we talked about the 1999 tour, I'd love to see the dynamic of him and Vanity and Sue. Uh, was it? What was her name? Susan. Susan. No, Susan. Yeah. And uh, Jill. Jill. How he managed that. Your Mac is strong. You, you do that. You know, you handle that. Yeah, that that would be some stuff, man. <laughs> when, when was he rumored to be dating or hanging around with, with Chardin? Man, this was 88. 
I didn't. I ain't never. I, I ain't never heard it either. Apparently, again, I'm on my chatty patty. Now, now, now imagine <laughs> this for a moment. It says Shy Day came to Paisley Park, spent some days there. Prince had written down some song title or something in the boat that they did, but I think he met her when they was he was in London or something during a Love Sexy tour or something. And so, I, hey, but like I say, if that is true. For the culture, and those, and those tip, songs probably I tip went to my the hat. <laughs> and those songs probably with Bria Valente. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Put Shardy on vocals on those songs. You got you got some fire. Yeah, even if they didn't record. For the culture, I mean. For the culture. Shade, damn. You gave her the sweetest taboo. Or, or <laughs> I mean, he's savage, man. Savage. <laughs> But all right, any other scenes or anything before we wrap that part up? I'm tapped out. All right, all right. All right, there you go. So give us your ideas, listeners. What do you think should be in a Prince movie? Should it be a movie movie? Should it be a miniseries? I mean, how much? Obviously, there's so much to work with there. Uh, hey, they it... gave the tip four hours. I think they can give Prince. <laughs> they can give Prince. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, should it Can should just, it be on TV though, or should it be like a? Oh, should it be, be HBO, HBO or yeah, you know, yeah. AMC, Netflix, Lifetime, Netflix, Netflix. Okay, Lifetime, the uh, the Can Vanity I? Story. Hell no, <laughs> the Jesse, the Jesse Johnsons. I mean, they gave Michelle A. story, so why not? Apollonia. <laughs> Please. <laughs> T.C. Ellis. Uh, uh, there you go. BET presents the T.C. Ellis show. Can I just say for the record, I want to go on record saying I don't think we are ever going to see a Prince biopic ever. I don't think so either. I think we will. You are not going to find an actor who's short, light-skinned, and can act. You that will. can portray Prince. You don't Prince. have to be short. You I mean, could film at different angles, but it can happen, man. It there's so many unknown people out there. Somebody would say probably would have never had a Tupac or never had a James Brown or a Michael or, or fucking a Ray or something. But again, yeah, but I mean, all the Michael ones have been bad. And the I didn't Tupac say it'd be and, good. I'm just saying the they, ABC one do was it. good. Yeah, I'm not saying. Well, I'm biased because I again. I yeah, Jackson, American, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, well, pushing it. Well, I'll remove myself from that discussion. But but regardless of quality, we weren't going into the quality. I would question the quality of any Prince movie because it's just hard to top. But I'm not to not to say they wouldn't do it. The quality be damned. <laughs> There's money. Oh, okay. I, I just assumed they would do it only if they knew, only well, if I they mean, felt they could do it good. Everyone <laughs> makes a movie they feel is good, right? But we've seen Fantastic Four. We've seen that, uh, exactly. that, that flex. That they flex, all think uh, they're good. <laughs> That flex Michael Jackson. Movie yeah, that's right. It's garbage. I'm sure oh. someone thought that was good, but they, but they gonna make it regardless. I'm just they saying even they get will the make to it. The music. <laughs> yeah, you can't. If you can't get the music, you need to just stop right there. Step aside. Step aside. True, but again, didn't stop Andre 3000. Or they, they did Hendrix. That movie, that movie wasn't that good either. Right. That's what I'm saying. We're not talking about quality. We're talking about what it be made. I'm saying they will make a Prince something. Yeah. All, all's by my side. Yeah. I, it's. It's probably trash. It's, it's, it's on Netflix. Netflix. That's what I'm saying. It's on Netflix for a while. I mean, but, his his performance is all right, but without without the music, you can't tell the Jimmy Hendrix stories without his music. But again, all it takes is is the narrative. So if 
you know, if Maite wants to write a book or, uh, you know, one of these associate artists want to write a book and somebody said, yo, we're going to pay you some money to put it on Lifetime. You think they're going to turn it, turn that money away because they don't think it's going to be good? I don't be like, man, give me this paper, man. You would be the one, Q, yeah. to do it according to your life. The podcast true story next on Lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because none of us are five foot four light skin. It doesn't matter. You don't care about that. Hair you, no, but I you do. wouldn't care. I, you would be like, "Do I get? How much do I get if you option my book? Three million? I'll take the check. You ain't, you ain't, <laughs> you ain't doing the production of the movie. They cutting you well, the check. I, option? Wait, wait. Option my book. I'm just saying. I said the movie ultimately probably will come down to the narrative. So again, if an associate artist wants to write a book and the book is somewhat successful, I would not be surprised if a Hollywood production companies yo let's go option that my taste story it's gonna be about prince you think she would she would care like so much if the quality was going good if they gave her a five million dollar check to make the rights to make that movie i guess all i'm what i'm saying is that from i would be i'm thinking from the perspective of someone who's putting the money up i would not i would not think that you could successfully do a prince biopic because i think it would be horrible it might be, but I'm just saying I don't think they think like that. Like they're like, "Yo, shit, somebody will watch." We 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 made this movie, or that's probably a horrible idea, and they did it. So I don't see. Again, Warner Brothers could easily. Yeah, yeah let's get this paper. There's no. Yeah. I mean, there, there are no other artists quite like Michael Jackson and Prince. I, none of those. Or James Brown. Been made. No, you could do a James Brown movie. Well, you say that now that they've done it. No, I never would have thought you could have actually done an accurate portrayal of James where it wasn't some kind of clowning but, type thing, but that dude fucking killed it. I think but it was clowning though, a little bit. The, the beginning? I don't know uh, who was clowning at all. What, he, he, what are you talking about? Who took a shit in his toilet? Well, that shit that's actually real. happened. That happened. That <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm talking about his portrayal of him. It no, was in no, no, no way tongue in cheek. It was like almost like it, it was on, to me it was unreal. I, it blew my expectations. I was like, there's no way, can't nobody do James. Nobody can't do James. Yeah, I just mm, I, I not guess where it's not clowning. Like you I'm can saying, get Eddie Murphy to act a fool, but to do it where it's like, man, I think it's James. What I'm saying though is, to me, you can stop. You can look at their headshots of Michael Jackson and Prince, and you can stop right there. I'm not going to find anyone that comes close that could portray that image. James Brown, he was a black man who had a pompadour ha- haircut, hairdo. And he could dance. And, I mean, he had more talents than that, but I'm sure I could find someone that could portray that. But a guy but to have the mannerisms, the speak, the vocal fluctuations, yeah, I, that's a lot. I think you could do that. But to find a guy who has bleached skin, long hair and talks in a, in a high, uh, um, high soprano. You mean like I don't know this? If I could... Oh, you get. Oh, OK, Mike, go ahead. I mean, there's so many people. Actors can do that. right? It, who, who would ever thought you could have found a Ray Charles? Very particular type again, of guy, again. Right? He doesn't have a he doesn't have a look that stands out like Michael or Prince. You don't think Ray his but his persona stands out like it's a very specific I, type of a dude. You know more probably more about him persona than you would a Prince. It's the assumption of Prince is this dude, but he's probably a regular dude. Right. I think you can act like Ray Charles, but you can't. You can't act and make yourself look like a prince or a, or a Michael. It's not the act. The acting part is the easy part. I think it's could. the look and the image I'm talking about. They, they have makeup. I like think looking at the image is easier than acting like them. Yeah. 
But I think you got great actors out there. I mean, if you got a guy who can look like Darth Maul, he looks human. Jamie Foxx got an Oscar. You can find somebody to play these guys. They are still people. (laughs) They're not these magical aliens or something. At the end of the day, they're still still a man. Yeah, there's there's somebody working right now at some community theater (laughs) that looks exactly like Prince. I think it's. I would think it's. If I were in Hollywood, I would say it's much easier to cast someone to portray the moves, the look, and the image of James Brown than of Prince, because Prince moved. I mean, his even his dance moves. I don't see anyone imitating that stuff. That's that's the thing. His his moves were imitations of other people. Like he was doing James. Like he was. Yeah. It's just like Mike. Like as much as I would say, are you going to find somebody who can dance as cold as? Michael Jackson, you probably could. Obviously, you could. You look at different dancers. But the thing is, is the movie going to necessarily be about how popping the dance move was, or is it going to be a story about what made the man who he is? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's the strengths that you sort of jump onto. You have musical performances, but I don't. It just depends on where you go. I don't think you ever get somebody again. And I said this about James Brown, but I thought that dude killed it. Like, I know that people study people. And can act and portray and bring them to life. And this much video material there is on Michael and Prince, I don't think it'd be that hard. You know? it, it, at the end of the day, again, I think no matter who they got, for anybody else on this podcast, it would not be Prince. It's not going to work. <laughs> but for regular people who don't know anything about it like we do, they could probably, they would suspend their belief and be like, Oh, it kind of looked like that dude I seen in them YouTube videos. Or, you know, they ain't never seen him live or something. So their frame of reference would be, yeah, it kind of looks like the little videos I've seen. I mean, seriously, how did Flex get cast as Michael Jackson? That just, that is the worst casting I think I've, oh, that or that, the person they got to play Missy for the Aaliyah. Don't they have, didn't they say they're going to have a white dude play Michael in some upcoming TV show? Oh, that was that was a while back. That was uh, wasn't it Joaquin Phoenix or someone? No, no, no. No, it's it a, was it's um, a thing with Elizabeth Ray, Taylor and some white. Yeah. It was Joseph Fiennes from Ray yes, Fiennes' yes, brother. Yes, there you go. Yes, that, and that was only I knew that it was somebody's was, brother. That was going to be on a British TV network, which generally sometimes higher actor stuff going on than our TV stuff, right? So I mean, they only the white boy to do. So. For as far as Prince, the Warner Brothers just put out just put out the Purple Rain tour in theaters, and watch the watch the coffers pile up. Oh no, I don't think. So. I'm I'm looking at uh, the images of Flex as Michael Jackson. It's like, wow. What about I, the I Hammer would, movie? Wasn't that my man? Rom- was that that one dude? Uh, remote Romicky <laughs> Malik, whatever. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad too. No, I, yeah, I saw I saw Purple Rain four times when he passed, and it was a packed house every time I saw it. Um, I, I think that just put the you tour out the there tour. maybe the next anniversary. The 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 the, the, the Syracuse show. Uh, I can see a one night only type of thing. Yeah. No, well, that's what I mean. Just put oh. put it in the theater. That's what I said. Put it in the theaters. Watch the watch watch the coffers. You know, pile up. Mm. All right. They put it out for a week. You know, limited. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know that, if I. But... <laughs> The, the quality of that's not worthy of the theaters, I don't think. I wouldn't pay to see that in the theaters. Shit, I would. <laughs> but it looks on the big look, screen. It would look like garbage, though. Pro- I don't think you could project that, and it look good. 
don't know the musicology. I don't know that it was filmed to go on film on a big screen, but musicology looked good too. Yeah, well, we will see. Definitely give us your ideas. So there, there's our movie, Prince movie biopic talk. The hell? <laughs> All right, we want to get in it real quickly. There's been some new leaks, WikiLeaks, Paisley leaks that have dropped uh, a couple of days ago. A couple of Prince songs, uh, one being "The Glamorous Life" uh, with Prince on the vocals, uh, the studio version of "Roadhouse Garden." Uh, another song called Rough. And then lastly, well, lastly, but one called Eggplant. Um, and I think a couple weeks ago, another, the other one that came out from the Quest Love thing, uh, what was that called? Was it Emotional Pump or something like that? Yeah. Um, but I just want to quickly. Wait, Emotional Pump? Yeah, I think that was wow. the title of it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, but of any of these songs, I just want to see if you guys had heard them and had any thoughts on them. So uh, start with Sean Hill. Um, I've heard. I had already heard Roadhouse Garden, the, the live version that had come out a few. I don't know what, maybe five years ago. Uh, but that you know, it's definitely classic vintage Revolution. I, I still, hopefully, that all that material is still out there and, and will drop at some point. Um, Rough. I listened to a little snippet of that this morning and. That you know, it definitely sounds like a demo, but it sounds like what he was doing in, in round eighties. Uh, I'm I'm assuming this is from the Dirty Mind session because it kind of has that stripped down kind of synth a little bit feeling to it. I you know I dig it for what it is. It's not great, you know, but it, again, it's it's a demo. Uh, the glamorous life that was kind of an interesting one because, of course, hearing Prince sing those lyrics is a little a little funny, but. Uh, I'm, I know this was just a you know kind of a guide vocal type track, and I mean if you listen to the the release track, you can hear them uh, all in the background anyway. So it's kind of this this is more of a companion, and it's a little bit different, a little little more stripped down. It's not as polished. Uh, I don't think Sheila's added her drum you know parts to it, and uh, eggplant that was definitely interesting. I like hearing the uh, the Wendy and Lisa kind of influence on that track as well. I'm not sure where. This one comes from, I'm assuming, maybe the Roadhouse Garden Sessions. It doesn't sound like Parade and maybe Dream Factory-ish, but yeah, all, all, all of them are good and it's, you know, at least good to hear some, some quote-unquote new material uh, coming from them. Yeah, I was just going to jump on with uh, uh, the, the Roadhouse Garden, man. To me, I can tell it's not like this fully finished or whatever, but I just love that style, you know, that I guess it was from 84. Just It just fits right into that stuff that I just really grew in love with Prince during that period. It's just always refreshing to hear music from that time frame because it's, it's a certain sound to it. And you just know right off the bat, oh, that's Prince. You know, that, that, was, that was from that time when you just heard them drums or you Oh, that's Prince. <laughs> and to me, yeah. it's just like, oh, man, you know, you just kind of got to sit back and sort of get smothered in it and just, okay, yeah, I like this. I love it. Um, and same thing with Eggplant. Uh, you can just hear it is in that realm, you know, I think it's actually more from 85, you know, it's a little after Purple Rain, but it's still in that same vein. I don't necessarily like Wendy's vocals on here. Uh, you know, and to me, she's got great vocals on uh, on other stuff, but this one is just 
kind of sound a little like hokey or something. But I still I love the music though. Uh, this is dope. Uh, somebody was gonna jump in or something. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I think there was a you sent out four songs, right? Uh, yeah, and then I said there was um, Emotional Pump came out a couple weeks ago. There was another one another called. One. Oh, go ahead. Called there was another one called Come Electra Tuesday. Yes. Yep. Yes. I think that was from like two thousand something. Unfortunately, I cannot hear any of them because my laptop is in the shop, and I forgot to uh, transfer those songs before I put it in the shop. So I'll hopefully, my hard drive is still intact when I go Let's get go, my yeah, laptop. Yeah, your shit gone. <laughs> oh, he got some prints on here. Let's go and get that off. Hilarious. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Come Electra is eighty-four um, five. Um, Big sexy. You heard any of these? Not yet. Not yet. I've been in trial all week and I haven't had a chance to get to it. Get to him yet. Aunt Pooh. Yes, sir. Um, I, I said off air that uh, Eggplant sounds like a uh, outtake from Wendy and Lisa's first album, which isn't a bad thing, but that definitely sounds uh, really, really uh, uh, more so them than Prince at all. I personally like the glamorous life with the Prince. Um, no disrespect to Sheila E. as far as her drumming, but I'm noticing that it's not on this this uh, this early demo version, and I like it without it. No, again, no disrespect to her at all, but this is this definitely to me uh, is a totally different song, and it seems more Prince. It, it seems like it's more so Prince's than it is uh, Sheila E. Rough. I have no idea what the hell that is. I'm, I'm still. <laughs> yeah, I remember this is dirt, dirty mind era, bro. So. Yeah, I'm glad. See, I'm glad he put that in the vault. That that didn't serve to be. Yeah, not not every song is is is, is gold. I just dope though. Uh, I like it, but it's it's. It it's rough. <laughs> it's definitely a rough version, but He's like he probably didn't even come up. But I hear yeah, that funk it. in there though. Definitely got that phone. You know, I think on the Glamorous Life, I want to say that's Jill Jones singing along too. Uh, oh wow! Which is very interesting wow. because, uh, I, you know, you could argue that might have been sort of could have been something for her. You know, um, but you know what? Listening to the Glamorous Life, with, with, when I hear that, and you know, I, I listen to the context and what time that came, I'm just like, you know what? This dude was on, on really on his masterful songwriting at that time because. When I first heard that song, I had no idea she had anything to do with Prince. I just thought this was like a dope song. It didn't even really remind me of Prince because it had the sax and all that stuff. And his stuff didn't have that at the time. Listening to this now, knowing all that I know, and I hear it, you know, know, he's using that kind of the, the violin stuff which he's not using on his own records at the time, you know, like Purple Rain and all that. I'm like, man, he was actually like writing some other type of shit, knowing he wasn't going to use it for himself, but he was like flexing his muscles to like, let me write these hits. I just, to me, listening to it from a songwriting perspective, I'm like, man, this dude was on some shit, man. Like he was really, you could arguably say this song is, uh, it's different from the shit he was doing for himself, but it was still dope. It was like he could, you could see he was like concertedly like writing a dope song, like for somebody else, because the words are not for a man to sing. 
yeah. uh, you yeah. know, lyric wise. So he's obviously knows it's not going to be for him. But it's again, it's not. But it's not on the level. It's far exceeds what he was doing for Apollonia Six. You know, he's using different instruments in it. You know, I was like, man, okay, this this song was actually something special. Luckily for Sheila E, she got to get that one because that would have been a burner for anybody. What well, you, you know, was this supposed to go to Apollonia? I think so. It I think have. it was an Apollonia. <sighs> I can't imagine her doing that song. But oh, it would have been a jam. Glamorous line. Yeah. Glamorous like we're talking. Yeah, the vocal, her vocals would not have done this song justice. I don't think really. I, I honestly, I gotta admit, I don't see any difference in Apollonia's vocals and Sheila's vocals. Very little, at least. No, no disrespect to Sheila. She is mad talented. I, but vocally, she's not bringing it. You know, Prince could have kept this one. I mean, change a couple lyrics to make it come from a male perspective, and this would have been another you know burner for him. It, it, that's what I'm saying. It would have been a burner for anybody to a degree. Yeah. Like I, it easily, if I was in the boardroom, the smarter play would have been like, "No, I need this to be for Apollonia because we're gonna have, you know, what I'm saying, so we can have a trifecta." Somebody's doing a whole too much in the background. Yeah, but what is that? What is that noise? Uh, but I want to say, yeah, this needs to go to Apollonia Six, man. Like this would blow shit out of the water. We would have wind doves cry, <laughs> you know, ice cream castle, the bird. And this shit, them albums gonna fly off the shelf, bro. bro. But you know, he was like, ah, give him sex shooter. Okay, but but yeah, that I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, but that song is a monster. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it would have, you know, it did blow up, but it didn't blow up because she sang it very well. It was just presenting that package as a Sheila E thing. But it could have easily, like, could have easily been Apollonia, and we'd have been like, damn, that's the jam. Mike, it's like you say, it, it's not uh, Spider-Man's going to sell the movie, not the guy playing Spider-Man. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the song. The song, the song anybody, you get, personally, I don't think any of Prince's female protégés could sing worth a damn. But any of those could have made that song a hit. Send your letters to Q-Storm, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Mike, Mike, you, you uh, said Joe that. Jones says otherwise. Mike, you said. Send your letters to Q-Storm, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Sean. Go ahead. All right. Okay. okay. Yeah, Mike. So you you had said I just wanted to just ask you a question. You had said when you first heard Glamorous Life, you didn't know it was a Prince of Alma, right? No. Is that okay? Now, but you, as I'm sure as you you know heard it over the years, you could hear his vocals in the track. Right. But at yeah. the time, I didn't know yeah, reason no. to listen for his vocals in the track. Right. Okay. I'm just. I mean, I just. That'd I be know, like the know, time or something like. Looking at it now, yeah, you can hear him in there, but back then, we would have had no reason to think that he had anything to do with it. Yeah. But, well, that's because of the, the Star Company. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the Star Company did Glamour's Life, too, right? So yeah. <laughs> you had no reason to think he had any. And she wasn't in the movie. You know, he was not in her videos and vice versa. She just had that no, one it, video. I, I, guess, I guess it's about, it's like, it's weird, like, because I, you know, it was kind of the same thing, but, you know, it's almost like, how, how could we not know <laughs> he was involved? Because he's. He's there. It's, you know, it's, I mean, it's not, I'm not talking uh, Love Bazaar where it's obvious. I mean, it's not, they don't even try to hide the fact that he, that he's on the track. But but here you can, I mean, you can hear him on, you know, this and you can hear him on the walk and you can hear him on, uh, you know, 777-9311. And it's like, I guess because we know his voice so well, it's almost painfully obvious that, that he's on the track. But like you said, just hearing it, you know, 
when you know when it first came out, not knowing that he was on the track, and, and you're not able to hear it, just seems weird to me. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Now I was gonna say, feel free to prepare to clown me again. <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> when I watched Crush Groove, and oh. I saw that uh, that white dude singing with uh, Oh, please don't say Sheila E. No, I thought I thought that was him singing. I was like, oh, because when I first heard Love Bizarre, I was like, that sounded like Prince. And then when I saw Crush Groove and there was a white dude there singing, I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> I'm not. I, I actually am not mad at him. Depending on how old you, depending on how old you were and how much you were into Prince, I'm not necessarily mad at that. Well, it was a year after what? Two years after Purple Rain, so two years after To the South. So. But he, if he, uh, but see, he may not. Again, I don't know how much he was really into Prince checking for it like that. So uh, I can't be so, mad. I was nine. Yeah, I'm not mad. No, at you that. better have another clip ready to reload, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't. That wasn't You're gonna take some heavy no, fire in a minute. <laughs> it was not a diss. It was not a diss. Well, what was it? It was a term of endearment. <laughs> I'm just putting it in the context for the audience that may not know our discussion. All right, but. Uh, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, we're talking about these songs that released. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, songs are slipping through the cracks. Uh, I, I know there's a few, there's another there's a batch uh, that this is from a batch, and uh, I think some more of them will be coming through. Uh, hey, Londell, hear that? Well, hey, <laughs> I mean, a lot of these songs, cats have been sitting on them for a very long time. Uh, now they're starting to let them go through and, and, and all I gotta say is you heard some of these songs a couple of weeks ago at the after party and now they're online so just you know sure some of the other ones will fall out uh, man so I think we have exhausted our prints wait 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 oh, wait wait you got something sir uh, I have a question actually uh, I think Q posted this um, who saw the Corey Feldman performance. Oh my all right, God! Well, <laughs> first of all, let me stop you right there. What is the Corey Feldman? Yeah, they got that. They ain't got nothing to do with no Prince, so we'll deal with that afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that that's we'll not stay Prince. on target. I don't know how you go from Prince to Corey. Actually, what do they call that? You know, when when they say to the judge, "I what? I object. I object." I, I object. Matter of fact. To the jail you go because <laughs> you are not going to disrupt this courtroom. Another outburst. <laughs> what about Corey Feldman? <laughs> now, if we want to talk, if we want to talk some Michael Jackson, that yeah. might have a little. But yeah. nah, yeah, nah. nah I don't know. You might as well shout. What about Webster? Like, what? Huh? But anyway, okay. <laughs> did, did, hey, hey, big. Hey, Big Sexy, did you see what I posted up, though? I, actually, I got that from Mike. I think Mike right. posted we're gonna it. Stay on target. And All I right. Like, okay, ladies, on. yep. Ladies, we're not talking about Corey Phil. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you've been listening to the Prince Podcast. We talk about greatness, as we always do. I'm going to let you know where you can find us online. Q-Storm, where can they find you? You can find me at the real... Not the real check. You can find me at real Q Storm. That's R E E L Q Storm dot com. That'll take you to uh, tons of video reviews and product reviews. You can find me on Twitter at Q Storm three four seven six and on Facebook under Michael Jones. All right, beautiful, Mister Aunt Pooh. Where can they find you? 
Find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Aunt Pooh. And just side note, uh, uh, Michael Dean saying this is the Prince podcast reminded me of one of the greatest lines from Big Sexy when he was like, well, this isn't the Skeet 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 podcast. This is the Prince podcast. Whoa. I just had to get that out there. Wow. You just had to get that out. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, we thank you, sir. Uh, Sean Hill, where can they find you? All right, you can find me on Twitter at Hill Street Views. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, Sean Hill and Real Movie Talk. And then you can also find me on the blog, hillstreetviews.blogspot.com, where I've got reviews of Blair Witch, uh, Kicks, uh, the best films of 2016 so far. And then coming next week, I'll have a review of uh, uh, Magnificent Seven and the new Mark Wahlberg film, which escapes the title Escapes Me Something Horizon. Deep Deep Water Horizon. Yes, there we go. Thank you, Ken. And, so. and I'm sure you got a lot of mad fans that have been trying to get to them links on Instagram. Yes, uh, yes, yes, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> All right, over our heads. Last but certainly not least, Mr. Big Sexy and Sack. Where can they find you? Well, they won't find me doing the skeet, 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 whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Ew, God. <laughs> maybe, they want, maybe you want them to. I don't know. <laughs> oh okay. yeah, you know we we haven't seen that wet website. What's the content on that site? The content is I'm in trial, man. You know, leave me alone. <laughs> Shit. Facebook of Mark Wiggins, uh, Twitter, Big Sexy and Sack. All right, yeah. Steve, Steve, Steve. Uh, Do you know what that means, sir? I have no idea what the hell that means. Oh, oh no. boy. So don't then then whatever you do. <laughs> Do not go into court or something <laughs> talking about skeet, 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 because you will find your ass in the jail cell, and you might get a, you might get a charge. Obviously, he was on the he was on the board that let let uh, Little John's song get out. Oh my God, we don't know what that means. Go ahead, put it out. Somebody let him know off the air what skeet, skeet, skeet means. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at theprincepodcast.com. Also podcastjuice.net man October is coming and so is the Prince Tribute we didn't get to talk about this but of course the the tribute is now official October 13th they released the lineup tickets on sale as low as $19.99 I'm trying to see if we can get our way out there or not we'll figure it out but uh, let us know if you're going and uh, hey keep supporting the show and as I always say work it like a job We will see you next time. Peace.